Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium on Thursday, January 24th, 2019. I'm doing this early today because uh, I've been a bit under the weather uh, this week, and I woke up and couldn't get back to sleep, so I decided I might as well get the news and views out of the way. Now, I am going to try to have the uh, members vid chat tomorrow afternoon, the scheduled vid chat at uh, 6.30 U.S. Central Time. As usual, I'll be in there early. I would ask, though, that with this cold and flu that I'm going through, uh, that you try to keep your questions and comments uh, kind of limited. I want to I try and save my voice and, and not uh, overexert, but I am going to try and have the vid chat tomorrow. And I want to thank everybody. Um, also, for all the wonderful articles I've been getting, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of stunned, particularly over the last three weeks, the quality of what people have been sending me. And particularly since the uh, news and views last week when I talked about Brexit, and uh, I had a lot of people from the United Kingdom sending me information and their take on things, and it was extremely helpful. And I'm thinking that that Brexit issue is, in a certain sense, hovering in the background here. And this story was sent to me. It's on RT. I put the links up for you. I'm going to be reading quite a bit of this because this is just plain mystifying. But it does fulfill a prediction I made several years ago, uh, I think going all the way back to uh, George Ann Hughes and the Bite Show. I predicted that eventually what was going to happen was Germany and Japan were going eventually to press for a permanent seat on the UN Security Council with a permanent veto, just like the United States, France, United Kingdom, China, and Russia. Okay? And the prediction, at least as far as uh, I can tell from this RT article, is coming true. And here we go. And, and I want you, before I start, I want you to listen very carefully to this because you've got to remember what's being talked about now are the two major economic and military powers in the European Union. Quote, a new treaty signed by France and Germany on Tuesday reiterates their commitment to support each other, which they have done as NATO members. Angela Merkel also supported the creation of a joint European article. Quote, the fourth article of the treaty says that we, Germany and France, are obliged to support and help each other including through military force, in case of an attack, listen to this, on our sovereignty, unquote, German Chancellor Angela Merkel said as she and French President Emmanuel Macron were preparing to sign the new document. Now stop right there. I thought that the European Union was about nations giving up their sovereignty. So what gives here? Uh, is is this really the mask coming off and indicating that the only really sovereign nations in the EU are going to be France and Germany? Well, try selling that to Italy, Spain, Poland, and all the rest of them. Uh, I suspect that this is a 
prelude, and again, this is merely a suspicion, that if the European Union should fall apart uh, as a consequence of Brexit and all the following dominoes from that, although I should say some people in the United Kingdom made me aware that the UK military is still joint under some sort of joint European command. So we're going to see how that works out. But I suspect that this might be an indicator that they are putting into place the, the framework for Plan B, and that is should the European Union fall apart, France and Germany are pledging that they are going to stick it out uh, militarily together and economically. Now, let's continue. The date is symbolic too, coming exactly 56 years after their predecessors, Charles de Gaulle and Konrad Adenauer, signed the Elysee Treaty, which reconciled the two nations that had found themselves on opposite sides in many wars. Speaking to journalists, Merkel endorsed this idea advocated by Macron of creating a joint European army. Quote, we have taken major steps in the field of military cooperation. Now, that's not a joint army. That's cooperation. This is good and largely supported in this house. But I also have to say, seeing the development of the recent years, and I believe that she's referring to Brexit there, that we have to work on a vision to establish a real European army one day, unquote. Now, I'm skipping some paragraphs here because this one is another stunner. Among the particular steps outlined in it, in this treaty, is the pledge to hold consultations before, a, before major European events and agree on joint statements, which France and Germany already do a lot. France, a permanent member of the UN Security Council, also pledges it will try to help Germany attain the same status. Now, again, this the, the hypocrisy here amazes me because on the one hand, these are the two nations that are at the forefront of pushing the, the quite frankly, the global loney integrationist agenda in the European Union. And they're turning around and saying, okay, we want our status as sovereign independent nations re recognized. And in particular, we want a permanent seat for Germany on the UN Security Council, with, and that would mean a, a permanent veto, just like the other five major powers on the UN Security Council. So in other words, they want to have their cake and eat it too. And, you know, this to me is kind of a fulfillment of a prediction that I've been making for quite a while, that this was going to be one of the things that you're going to see being talked about is not merely a restructuring of the European Union, but of the UN. And the major restructuring that they're aiming for is to put the former Axis powers as permanent members of the UN Security Council. This, this I think, is what they're aiming at. The military aspect of cooperation is especially in question. France, over the past decade, proved to be quite prepared to use force in foreign nations, including joining the United Kingdom in NATO's destruction of Libya in 2011, and sending troops to Mali. Germany, on its part, is for historic reasons allergic to foreign deployments, which are only done with heavy parliamentary oversight, 
reconciling the two positions may be challenging, a challenging act of balance. And I suspect, again, that the real reason, and I've said this before, I'm kind of echoing the, the uh, insight of Zbigniew Brzezinski in his Grand Chessboard, that, that infamous book that he wrote in the 1990s, that the purpose of NATO was as much about the containment of German power as it was Soviet power. And I suspect that this joint army thing is precisely a, a for want of a better word, a technique that is being used to get around that parliamentary oversight of deployment of German military units outside of Germany. Uh, it's, it's a way of sidestepping that. Now, let me continue with the very end of this article. Analysts' opinions of the new treaty have been divided. While it is billed as a follow-up to the 1963 Elysee Treaty, it has one key difference. Do <coughs> pardon me. Two experts told RT it promotes integration rather than cooperation between two sovereign nations. Well, does it really? Because the whole language of, of Mrs. Merkel and of the declaration, at least as far as RT is concerned, is talking about France and Germany having sovereign nation status. In other words, they're a bit more sovereign than everybody else in the European Union, okay? <clears throat> this makes it an act of geopolitical regression compared to the 1963 agreement, political analyst Pierre-Emmanuel Thoman told RT. France especially will lose out on maneuverability. Instead of giving more power to France and creating an independent Europe, it is an alignment on the German vision of Europe, which is Atlanticist and integrationist. Alain Corvée, a former advisor for the French Ministry of Defense and the Ministry of the Interior, doubts that the treaty can be effectively implemented, musing that it's simply a bold statement that the French and German leaders are using to prop up sagging domestic support. And that's also quite uh, quite possible. And I think given the situation with Brexit and uh, the weakness of the May government, that this is a likelihood. So in other words, I think we might be looking at plan B, all right, kind of hastily put together. Now there's one implication of all of this that is gonna spill over. Because if France seriously goes ahead and starts pressing for Germany to have a permanent seat on the UN, on the UN Security Council, with all that that entails, a permanent veto, then inevitably you're going to see Japan pressing for the same thing. And it's going to be very interesting to see who might back Japan in that quest. And I suspect, I'm going to toss out a wild, nutty idea here, I suspect that Japan might be willing to trade the uh, islands that it's been disputing with Russia since the end of World War II for a permanent seat on the UN Security Council with Russia uh, backing it. Um, we'll see. The big, the big problem there is, is Russia's very close alliance with China, and China, I'm sure, would not want to see Japan have a permanent seat on the UN Security Council. So lots going on. The bottom line here is I think you're going to see in the coming years a, a 
push to redo the entire structure of the United Nations and particularly the UN Security Council, which is no longer representative of the geopolitical realities of the contemporary world. It's more reflective of the geopolitical realities as they stood at the end of World War II. So this is going to be some big news. Uh, I tend to agree with the assessment here of uh, Monsieur uh, Corvey that, that this may be just a bit of grandstanding on Macron and Merkel's part. However, there's all that reference to France and Germany's sovereignty and that push for the UN uh, Security Council's position for Germany. And that makes me wonder if we might be looking at the gradual emergence of a plan B here with this treaty for the European Union. Anyway, that's it for today's news and views. Very important article I wanted to bring to your attention. Thank you again to all of you in the United Kingdom uh, that sent me your thoughts and uh, ideas and speculations about Brexit. Uh, we do have the vid chat tomorrow, but again, please remember I'm, I'm kind of under the weather, so keep your questions, comments relatively short uh, so that I can get through it without losing my voice. Anyway, we'll see you on the flip side, everybody. Bye-bye, and God bless.